Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Budget before you borrow. That is today's topic on the College Investor Audio Show. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. So there are two types of budgets that students should consider before borrowing money to pay for college. One budget is used to determine how much you'll need to borrow to pay for college. The other considers how much student loan debt you can afford to repay after you graduate. Each type of budget will reduce the amount you may want to borrow. A key goal of budgeting is to borrow as little as possible. Borrowing increases your costs. Student loans must be repaid, usually with interest. Borrowing too much money will make it harder to repay your debts. Budgeting for college costs. All right, so to minimize student loan debt, borrow only what you need, not as much as you can. Don't treat loan limits as targets. Start by figuring out how much you'll need to borrow. Subtract financial aid, like grants and scholarships, from your total college cost. Some of the remaining costs can be covered with contributions from savings and income. So what's left? is how much you'll need to borrow to pay for college. College costs fall into two groups, mandatory and discretionary. Mandatory costs include tuition and required fees, of course, and then taxes on scholarships and student employment. Discretionary expenses are room and board, transportation, books, supplies, equipment, and walking around money, like eating out and entertainment. Discretionary expenses often include consumables, they don't have a lasting impact as the mandatory expenses do. There is some flexibility with discretionary expenses, but try to cut the discretionary expenses as much as you can. Live like a student while you're in school, so you don't have to live like a student after you graduate. Ramen noodles, anyone? Every dollar you borrow will cost about two bucks by the time you pay the debt. So ask yourself if you would still spend the money if it cost twice as much because that's really how much it's going to cost you. Mandatory expenses are much less flexible. Sometimes you'll have no choice but to cut mandatory expenses, like tuition. You don't need to go to the most expensive college in your field of study. An in-state public college may give you just as good a quality education, sometimes even better, as a, a high-priced private school would, but at about a third of the cost. Although you may qualify for less financial aid at a lower-cost college, your student loan debt may also be lower. Be careful about cutting some expenses, though. Students who enroll part-time, enroll at a community college, work a full-time job, or live off-campus, they're less likely to graduate with a bachelor's degree. Using a budget Alright, so preparing a budget can help you reduce spending. When you know what you'll owe, you're less likely to spend as much. Similarly, increasing awareness of spending is the first step in exercising restraint. Understanding college costs can also encourage you to apply for more scholarships and grants, since free money is cheaper than borrowed money. Track your spending in each category by getting receipts for every expense. Record the expenses in a spreadsheet or personal finance software like Mint.com or Quicken. Calculate totals for each category at the end of the month and compare them with your budget. Just knowing that you spent too much money in one category will help you hesitate to spend too much in that category in the future. 
There are other psychological tricks that can help you limit spending, too. Paper or plastic is not just a question asked at grocery stores at times. It also concerns whether you use cash or credit to spend money. Paying with plastic feels the same, whether you're spending 5 bucks or 500 bucks. <laughs> Paying with cash, on the other hand, sometimes makes it feel like you're spending real money. Makes it a little bit harder to dish it out. So that's why some students try a cash-in-envelopes approach, where each discretionary budget category has its own envelope. When the money in that envelope is gone, it cannot be replenished until the start of the next month. The spending must necessarily end. The one time you should procrastinate is when it comes to spending money. <laughs> Try to build in delays when spending money, especially on big-ticket items. Wait a few days before buying something to see if you actually need it. The delay helps you resist the immediate impulse to spend money by distancing you in time and space from the object of your desire. Do you really need to spend the money? If you do need it, do you need to buy it now? Can you save money by buying it used? All relevant questions to ask. Now let's talk about budgeting for repayment. In addition to budgeting on college cost, you should also consider your ability to repay your loans after you graduate. Don't borrow more than you can afford to repay. If you borrow too much money, you may get into financial trouble. You can get trapped in a cycle of debt, never being able to pay off your student loans, forcing you to borrow more for other expenses. Defaulting on your student loans can ruin your credit, making it difficult to get a credit card, car loan, or mortgage. When you do qualify for a loan, your interest rate's probably going to be higher. Defaulting on a student loan can also affect your ability to get a job or even rent an apartment. Ah, There's a simple rule of thumb for affordable student loan debt. Aim to graduate with less total student loan debt than your annual starting salary. If your total debt is less than your annual, annual income, you should be able to pay off your student loans in 10 years or less. That's what I did. This rule of thumb is the equivalent of having monthly student loan payments on a 10-year repayment term that are less than 10% of gross monthly income. Your monthly student loan payment will be about 1% of the loan balance when the loans entered repayment. For instance, I graduated and got a job right away for $33,000 annual income. I was able to pay off my loans in eight years. So that's just one example of how you can do this. Estimate your student loan debt at graduation by multiplying your first year student loan debt by four and then add 20% to cover the impact of loan fees and the interest that accrues during the in-school and grace periods. You can estimate your starting salary based on your academic major by using some websites like payscale.com's College Salary Report or salary.com, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, or even the U.S. Census Bureau's Post-Secondary Employment Outcomes Explorer, that's a mouthful, and even the U.S. Department of Education's College Scorecard. You can see links to all of those at thecollegeinvestor.com. Copy and paste the title of this podcast into the search bar. You'll find it. If student loan debt will exceed your annual income, you're going to struggle to repay your loans in 10 years. Try to find a way to borrow less. Otherwise, you'll need an alternate repayment plan, such as extended repayment or even an income-driven repayment, which reduces the monthly student loan payments 
by increasing the term. But increasing the term will increase the cost of your loans. <laughs> Even if your student loan debt is in sync with your income, try to pay them off as quickly as possible. Pay more to pay less. Okay, so choosing the repayment plan with the highest payment you can afford is going to save you money on interest and pay off your loans quicker. Pay extra to pay less. Make extra payments on the loan with the highest interest rate, which might not be your student loans, but maybe even your credit cards. This is going to reduce the weighted average interest rate on your debts and save you the most money. You can also save money by signing up for auto pay or auto debit, where your student loan payments are automatically transferred from your bank account to the lender. Not only are you less likely to be late with a payment, but you also might save a little bit of money. Most lenders will provide a small discount, like 0.25% or even a half of a percent interest rate reduction as an incentive. That's going to add up over time. When you file your federal income tax returns, claim the student loan interest deduction. This is an above-the-line exclusion from income for up to $2,500 in interest paid on federal and private student loans. You can claim it, even if you don't itemize deductions. If you pay all your bills on time, your credit scores will improve within the first few years of graduation, and that's going to help you qualify for a lower interest rate on a private refinance of your private student loans, if that's what you choose to do. And that is our show for today. I hope it was helpful. If you want to dig a little bit deeper, use the links that I talked about when you're trying to figure out what your major could possibly bring in with income in your first year. You can find all of that and more at thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks so much again for stopping by. We'll talk to you again real soon.